0: 614 and your ex at Aldrin St. Pierre and our studio line is 086 We speak to Mark Victor next, who is a sustainability and climate leader at Deloitte. So the World Economic Forum meeting uh, WEF's annual meeting in Davos in Switzerland provides an opportunity for leaders across business, government and broader society to exchange ideas for addressing some of the world's most intractable challenges. This year's annual meeting is convening under the theme Rebuild trust to share more about the first day as proceedings and discussions um, it will lead in the coming days we are now joined by Mark Victor Mike M- Mark rather good afternoon thank you so much for making time for us hi Aldrin. tell us from a very very cold um, Davos what would you say was topping the agenda today
1: uh, I think the meeting got to a fast start uh, starting off with the uh, the chief economist outlook which really looks at uh, the consensus of subdued economic outlook for the for the, for the globe. That obviously presents some challenges for, uh, for Africa, because, you know, we obviously, uh, we have, we, we, when the developed markets are, uh, are facing challenges, we, we are sort of even worse off. The other key agenda was uh, the conflict in Ukraine, um, the importance of peace talks, and, you know, obviously not an easy fix, but the criticality of resolving the conflict to, uh, to, to have a positive impact on, on the global economics, etc., Of course, the climate agenda continued to, uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, was was, was high on the agenda as always, uh, increasing urgency just at the back of COP last year, the importance of um, starting to implement some of the commitments that countries have made in terms of energy transition. And then the last um, agenda, which I think is really uh, potentially an opportunity, but also some challenges to manage is AI. Uh, How does generative AI impact on us in the future and uh, some great opportunities. But obviously, we need to be managing those risks quite carefully. Um, So, yeah, those are the four key key items coming up uh, from from my reading.
0: And when we look at that global risk report from the World Economic Forum, one of the other issues that they also highlight, for instance, is uh, I think one of the major ones that they say is right at the top is the issue around misinformation and disinformation. And I don't know how the forum is going to go about tackling this, while also at the same time looking at um, the capabilities of artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah, I think the, the opportunities are great, uh, and, and there's a lot of topics on the agenda over the next couple of days, looking at uh, how we leverage AI for, for example, monitoring, uh, you know, the Earth's climate, etc. Um, there's lots of opportunities, but I agree with you that I think it's critical. To, to try and address the, uh, the misinformation that's, that's created as, 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 as based on the, uh, the advent of social media. I think um, a lot of conversations, even before Davos, on uh, how to regulate um, and managing that, uh, but it's, it's a problem that I think uh, you know, every country has to deal with, and I, I suspect some, some level of regulation potentially
0: will um, result. And then also with that said, the issue again around misinformation and disinformation is globally, we have about 60% of the countries on the globe that are going into elections. And we know that the level of um, uh, the level of unpredictability that comes with elections, unfortunately, while on the Mm. other end, you have investors who want certainty. What does this mean for the world and how we understand how geopolitics is also shifting in terms of economic trade?
1: I think on the on the convincing the investor community, really that's a long game. So uh, you know a lot of the African countries are having to make sure that they continue to demonstrate their uh, their focus on uh, economic growth, on uh, on addressing some of the challenges that they face. Um, in terms of I guess the the challenge around politics, really the positive around social media is at least there's a greater level of awareness, um, you know amongst. Uh, those countries that are actually, um, you know, that are, that are going through elections. But uh, clearly the challenge is more about, in my view, is more about the distraction uh, during the, the political and economic period, um, you know, up to elections. So uncertainties, delays in, in investment decisions, et cetera, is probably going to have the biggest challenge. Once elections are, are over, then, you know, create, we can create more certainty going forward.
0: And then the impact of warfare, you've now just spoken about um, Ukraine, for instance, but now we know what's happening with Israel um, and the Middle East, specifically the Red Sea. I was actually watching the press briefing from the World Economic Forum with the Managing Director also there. And one of the people on the panel was saying that essentially what's happening um, or their interpretation of what's happening with the Red Sea is that it's almost as if Europe has been placed under economic sanctions, but through warfare.
1: Yes. I mean, it's, you know, it's, there, there's never been a period, I think, in our history, uh, since, you know, sort of the beginning of, uh, in no conflict. But the reality is that, um, you know, it's less about, uh, different views and opinions and more about conflict that's creating it. The other, um, sort of area that we've definitely seen an impact on is obviously the disruption to supply chains. So that's driving, uh, you know, a lot of the, the focus on, on localization and, uh, you know, countries focusing on their own uh, supply chains, et cetera. But it's certainly impacting both, um, you know, it's almost creating false sanctions because of war. Uh, but it's also impacting on supply chains and, and resulting in, in companies having to, to really revisit, um, you know, kind of where they source products from and how they get them to market
0: what does it what does that all then mean for for south africa and we have we know that we own we, we have our own logistical problems and there is absolutely no warfare um, happening in the country however though the impact that it has had on our fiscus have been quite major, and uh, the mm-hmm. Reserve Bank Governor has been sounding the alarm. Even the uh, SARS Commissioner, um, Edward Kiswet, has been sounding the alarm. Uh, with the interventions that have come from um, from the presidency, do we see a level of stability, and is the international community convinced that South Africa is getting out of the hoods here?
1: I think it's probably a medium to long-term game. Uh, you know, the reality is that the delegation is certainly um, out there to convince uh, the globe, global investor community that we have a critical to, role to play in Africa. We're driving the, uh, the free trade uh, area conversation. Um, you know, we're looking to unlock um, and stabilize the country. Uh, but the reality is that obviously there's uh, there's some real big challenges that we need to be dealing with in terms of energy security, in terms of uh, you know some of the, del- the service delivery challenges. So for me, the most critical um, you know sort of way of convincing. The global investor community is to to stick to the investment plan, to stick to the re, the reconstruction and recovery plan. Uh, there's no certainty that there's not going to be variations, but I think it's really critical that we we um, you know we we we, we demonstrate um, some of those milestones over a period of of months and years. Uh, the other challenge, I think, uh, given the fact that um, you know the developed market is also facing challenges, is that we we really need to focus on driving efficiency as a country. So. You know, how do we do more with less and how do we make sure that we're collaborating more? So, you know, I think it's probably, um, the decision's probably uh, a mixed message. Uh, We we need to obviously increase the focus on on investment and continue to convince uh, the global investor community that we're actually progressing. But there's clearly some challenges that are not going to be easy wins.
0: Okay, and a final question, Mark. Um, You touched a bit on artificial intelligence, of course. We know how... um, the continent, the African continent was able to leapfrog when it comes to technology relating to cell phones and the smartphone. Yeah. Um, do we think that Africa will be able to do that again with artificial intelligence? But how do we make sure that the ground is actually fertile for us to benefit from it?
1: So I think there's a lot of moving parts there. Obviously, the I do believe that, you know, technology is a massive enabler in Africa. It's certainly something that is a massive opportunity, but We need to make sure that we set the right foundation. So that speaks to skills and experience. It speaks to uh you know making sure that we're creating the communication and connectivity to be able to do it. And it's also creating the um the broader sort of entrepreneurial environment so that you know the future entrepreneurs can actually uh move in and create the businesses of the future. So I think there's a lot to be done in terms of creating the right foundations, but I do believe that uh technology and AI and broader uh, innovation is a, is a significant part of the potential opportunity for uh, for growth and economic development for Africa.
0: Thank you so much for your time. That is Mike Mark Victor, who is a sustainability and climate leader at Deloitte.